Okay, you guys, before we jump in, just a reminder, this is your last chance to enter the giveaway, which if you are listening today, when this episode is released on Monday, the giveaway is drawn tomorrow on Tuesday, the 20th of September. So all you have to do is rate and review the podcast, send me a screenshot and I'll enter you into the draw. Now, what you win is any one offering of your choice, which is just mind blowing. You literally get to choose any offering that you like from the website. So make sure to enter and it will be drawn tomorrow. Welcome back to another Flower Ed podcast. Today's going to be a bit more of a chatty one. I was thinking of just recapping the weekend because I had a big weekend and I've learned quite a few things across the weekend that I thought I'd just share with you guys. I know that I found this really helpful when I started was just listening to another florist experience and them giving like lessons, what they loved, what they'd change, things that went wrong, just so that I could kind of pre- prepare myself for things that could come down the track. A few funny things happened and a few things that, oh, it's just like, it's really sad. (laughs) Anyway, let's jump into it. So I had two weddings on the weekend, one on Saturday, one on Sunday. The interesting thing about both of these weddings was I wasn't using many roses. So the timing of the markets kind of depends on obviously what needs to be prepared and the day of the wedding, but also for me, and the flowers that I use, it depends on letting the roses be able to open. So if I've got heaps of roses, I'll usually get it on the Wednesday for a Saturday wedding, just so that I have those few days to allow them to open up so that I can flex them. If not, if they're too fresh or too cold, then they're going to stay really tight. So just something to keep in mind is when you are planning on when to go to the markets, that's just sort of what comes into play for me. So Because they weren't having pretty much any roses, which is so uncommon for me, I felt so out of my comfort zone, to be honest. I actually went on the Friday. So went to the markets on the Friday, really early morning, and I actually didn't have, oh, I had one order. So I had two weddings. I only placed one order with the wholesaler and it was only for like a handful of things. So obviously if you can order as much as you can in advance, it really, really helps. However, because I wasn't having roses, I the, my normal foliage guy wasn't there, I kind of had to see what was available at the markets and run around and pick up things myself. That does sort of stress me out a little bit just because if things aren't there that you thought they'd be there, you have to substitute and it takes a lot longer because you can't just go and pick up an order. You have to pick them up from the floor and find the right colors and everything. So placing an order is obviously really, really helpful. However, I'm sure a lot of you are like myself where we're visual people. I need to see things. I need to see the colors together. I need to see you know, what works and what's available, what's in season. You know, this is our first wedding back into the season after having a few months off for winter. So just coming back into it and figuring out what's available, what's here. um, And sometimes it's just easier to pick from the floor as well. So yeah, there are a few options. I, I try to order as much as I can just so that it's a lot easier for myself on the market morning. And I feel like I don't have to wake up as early because the markets are an hour and a half away. I usually have to wake up like 3.34 and anything that's in the threes, I like suck when I'm tired. I am the worst. Like 
I'm fine, like mood wise, like, yeah, I'm tired and whatever, but I'm just useless. Like I have no motivation to do anything and I just suck. So for a Friday market run for a Saturday and a Sunday wedding, waking up in the threes is not ideal, but because I didn't have anything ordered, I kind of had to. Whereas if I had things ordered, I could have just woken up in the fours. Anyway, that's that. So we get back, um, do everything And I was actually planning to do everything myself. So the market run did myself, all the processing, all of the prep, and then both weddings and both bump outs, I was going to do myself. Now, that does sound craziness when I say it out loud, but when we think about the actual weddings, they were pretty much doable on my own, except the second wedding, which was at the stables, they actually changed the ceremony feature to now be a ceiling install, you have to go up a ladder, whereas you used to be able to pull the ring down and just create from the ground. So having someone else is kind of necessary for every single ceremony that uses that ring now, in which case I hadn't thought of that. So I didn't originally have anyone on because I could have just done it all myself. So I ended up calling my girl Liv and I said, are you free on Sunday to do a wedding? Because I cannot do this all by myself because I was so tired from the market run and from the first wedding that I just needed someone. And she said, yes. So she ended up coming on the Sunday, but first lesson to you guys, just get help. Like just get help. I'm saying this to myself, even though you think you can do it all yourself. And even though it is doable by yourself, even though you might want to be saving money, like whatever the reason is, just having that person there. And I say this all the time. I need to listen to myself more. Having that person there is honestly life changing. So make sure to get help where you can and just keep in mind of how tired you will be from the early morning market run, prepping all day, waking up early the next morning for the first wedding, bumping out and doing that all again for the next day. It's massive. It's massive. So you just, you need help. Get help. That's all I'm going to say. So wedding number one on the Saturday, I was delivering the bouquets and I was driving out to the Google Maps pin and it took us up into this other venue area sort of thing. Hard to explain without seeing it, but basically you drive into this venue, but the venue itself is like a full massive estate like there's different accommodation and things so we turn into the venue and then into this property that says like private property do not trespass but the gates open so I'm thinking okay this could be it but also feels really weird because it's not actually the venue she's getting married at she was getting married at a different venue so it just all seemed a little bit weird felt a little bit off you know trust your gut so I kind of just parked at the driveway and keep in mind I live in this space where everything is mansions and there are properties and estates and farms and it's all very like big and luxe. So this driveway, you can't even see the house. Like it's a massive driveway. So I'm just parked at the start of the driveway and I'm just thinking, do I call her? Let's just like wait a second and figure out what to do. And then this car drives into the driveway as well. And I thought he must have been the owner and he like got out of his car and I was like, oh my God, am I going to get yelled at? Because it says like no trespassing. I'm like, please, please do not yell at me. Please be from the wedding or help me somehow figure out where the heck my bride is. So he gets out of his car and he comes over to me and he's like, 
German or something. He's got like a really cute accent and he's like, are you looking for Emma for the wedding? And I was like, yes. I was like, do you know where it is? And I thought he'd say it's just down there, but he was like, I don't know. I'm completely lost. So we were both completely lost in this driveway, not sure what to do. So he was like, let's just drive down and and see what's down there. So I follow him down this really long driveway and it's like a full estate. There's this mansion on your right. You've got this other house on your left. These driveways are like going around this acreage. There's a shed, there's cows, there's another property. Like it's this whole thing. So we're driving in, but it's like it's like a ghost town. Like it's dead. Like even the house itself, it looked like no one had lived there in like a hundred years. Like it was a really weird vibe. So we're driving around like this whole place and we get to this part where we're like, okay, this just feels weird. Like it just doesn't feel right. So then I called the bride and I said, Hey, um, we're super lost. And she said, I, are you in like that really weird, like mansion estate kind of thing? And I was like, yeah. And she said, yep, that's not it. (laughs) So we were in this full, like private property acreage place. And it was not where the bride was. I was like, oh my gosh, okay, we need to get out of here. And the guy was like, oh my God, we're in this, this people's like, in these people's property, we need to get out. So we drove around this, this estate again and drove out. And the bride said it's on a different road when you're on that main road. So I drove up the road that we thought it was going to be. And I just end up at a roundabout and she said it was at a dead end. So I was like, okay, well, this isn't it. So then we turn around, we drive back and she said, it's two story house with a gray roof. So we're driving up and we finally found this street sign that said Bloomfield Close or whatever it was called. Funny, it's called Bloomfield. I know, we're florists. Haha. So I drive up that and it's like this new um, this new sort of suburb area, like everyone's sort of building. It's pretty new. So that's why obviously it didn't show up on any map or dropped pin or anything. So I drive up and I see this two story white house with a gray roof. So I'm like, yes, we've finally found it. So I drive into the driveway and the driveway, because like I said, everyone's building, they've built the house, but the driveway is like all dirt and it's like construction site kind of thing, because obviously they hadn't started the landscaping. So I drive in and then this lady comes out of the house and she's in like this bright pink shirt and she's on the phone and she looked like what a bridesmaid wears when you turn up to the house on the morning of the wedding. So I just assumed I'm like, oh, she must be on the phone to everyone else who's lost because obviously there's people that are lost everywhere because by this time I was in the driveway and then that German guy that I met, he was like at the end of the driveway and then he found another lady that was lost as well. So there were three of us that were just completely lost. And so this lady comes out and I'm like, oh, hey, I'm here for the wedding. And she goes, um, can you get off the grass? Because we've just laid it and you're driving all over it and you're wrecking it. I was like, oh my gosh, this isn't it. This is not the property either. My bride's not here. Oh my gosh. I was so embarrassed and so like, 
oh, I just wish I didn't drive into there. So then I'm trying to like do a three point turn and get out of the driveway and not touch the grass. And she's really cranky and she's on the phone to someone and giving me like death stares. And then the German guy's asking where it is. And I was just like, what is happening? I just need to get this freaking bouquet to the bride. So then we drive out and then we drive to the end of the road And we see this dead end with a two-story white house with a gray roof and there's cars everywhere and there's bridesmaids on the deck. And I was like, oh my gosh, we finally found it. It was craziness. Like this is the morning of the wedding. So just keep in mind, even though you've got an address and you know where they are and you've got their phone numbers, things go wrong. So give yourself extra time on the morning of the wedding, whether it is to get lost in the space or, you know, like the bouquets fell over in the car because we were driving through that estate and it was like all like rocky and there was speed humps and there was um, potholes and like cattle grids and it was just craziness. So the bouquets fell over, water went everywhere, my car smells like feet and I love that for me. So we went in and we said, oh my gosh, hey, finally found it. And she was so, so lovely. The bride was so nice and they were all just having a good time. So we got there in the end, but give yourself extra time on the morning of the wedding. Make sure you have their phone numbers, you have their addresses. If there's any like locked gates, gate codes, things like that, make sure you get them from them when you're doing the final run through because it's just wild. I just wanted to quickly say a massive thank you to everyone who has purchased my best-selling ebook, The Graham Game. It has been an incredible response from you guys. I've had so many messages saying how amazing it has been and how much it has changed your world. You guys are getting more bookings. You're getting more ideal clients. You're making more money. And it is exactly what I'm here to help you do. If you haven't checked it out already, it's at flower.ed double underscore on my Instagram. The link is in my bio. I cannot wait for you to get your hands on this. Okay, so bouquets are dropped off and I go to create the ceremony. Now, at this point, it's a little windy, like a little bit, not crazy. It's just like a little bit of a a strong breeze, I would say. So I've got everything laid out and I'm creating the, so it was two pillars, like the frames. I created those and at this venue, they are so particular about their grounds because they are stunning. Like they have like four groundskeepers just walking around with like blowers to blow the grass, to make it look all whimsical and like pick up all the leaves, like every day. Like it's, it's the most beautiful property. So I get it. Like, I don't want to be the one that's coming in and putting holes in the ground. So I just had two pegs and I just put them into the back of the pillar bases so that there was something holding them up in the ground. I didn't have any sandbags and I only had two. Well, I had four pegs, but I only used two because I was scared I was going to get in trouble <laughs> pretty much because the venue like people were all like walking around setting up chairs. So I just like quietly tapped in these pegs because I didn't want the thing to fall over. I didn't have sandbags. And then went away and did the reception and everything like that. And then we had to move the ceremony piece to the reception. So Tom came to the venue and we walked down and they're all still standing there. It took quite a long time until we could actually walk down there, walk down there. And the chicken wire was like flipped on the other side of the, the pole. I was like, that's so weird. The wind must have like 
put it on the other side of the pole. So then I like flipped the chicken wire back. So obviously the cable tie wasn't strong enough or something. And then, well, that's what I assumed. And then I'm like, oh, everything's like sort of out of place. Like it looks very messy. And like my designs are pretty like natural and free flowing and messy because they're foam free anyway. Like they're not going to be this perfect structured thing. But I was like, hmm, weird vibes. And then I looked down to take the pegs out and the pegs were in different positions to where I left them. Do you know what this means? The whole freaking thing fell over while I wasn't there. Have no idea when. Could have happened mid-ceremony for all I know. The whole thing, the two pillars, fell over. And then they pick them back up. Things must have fallen out and they've just stuffed things back in. A beautiful human has pegged them back into the ground. Thank God. I have no idea who it was. I wish I could thank them. And everything's sort of a mess. So that's really sad because I have no idea when it happened. Imagine if it happened mid-ceremony. Like you may kiss the bride and the whole thing falls over. I cannot believe it. I was like mortified. So I haven't heard from the bride yet. <laughs> we'll see what happens with that. I'll keep you updated. I'm so sorry, Emma. I should have used more pegs. I should have bought sandbags. The wind picked up. Let me say that. Like it was, it was pretty windy when I was there, but while I was there, they did not even like move once. And I had the two pegs in. They didn't move. They didn't fall over or anything like that. They were like secure when I left. And then the wind picked up. We came back and we were like standing back watching them finish up like while we were waiting to move the ceremony and they were standing up like totally fine, just chilling. So I was like, oh, they've done well, like they're standing up. It's all good. The wind hasn't ruined them. Turns out it did. They fell over. So that was just like mortifying, let me tell you. So yeah, if you have pegs, peg them in the damn ground. If you have sandbags, bring them along. If it gets windy, come back even and, and put even more pegs in the ground. Do what you have to because, yeah, look, not my finest moment. Pretty embarrassed. But the thing is, I could have absolutely like died from that experience. Like that could have just completely shook me up for days. But because I've worked on my mindset so, so much for the past like five years, it means that when things like that happen, we learn from them. We don't get totally dysregulated and freak out and and shut down and be avoidant and say that you're the worst florist ever and, and stop trying and all of that. Because that's probably what I would have used to do. Like, yes, I'm embarrassed. Yes, it's mortifying. Yes, I'm really upset that that happened. And I feel really bad for the bride. And I have no idea when it happened. I really hope it was not mid-ceremony. But apart from all of that, it's like you cannot change when things go wrong. And things are going to go wrong. Let me tell you. Things don't just fly effortlessly for every single wedding. Things are going to happen and you want to have a good mindset before they happen so that when they do happen and you're in it and you're experiencing it, you know what to do. You're not completely like a heap on the ground. I could, I just was like, I couldn't believe it. And I was like, oh my gosh, Tom, imagine if it was like during the ceremony, this is the worst. And then Tom just goes, oh, well, it'd be a funny memory. Like everyone would laugh at it and 
no one would forget the wedding. And I was like, all right, let's just take that. We'll listen to that opinion. So yeah. Anyway, we moved it up to the reception. Everything was like pretty rough by then. Obviously the wind made it really rough and it fell over and people were just sticking things back in because everything, like a few things must've fallen out or something. So took it up to reception anyway, left it there. It looked fine, obviously not ideal, but we all learn and live on. So learn from my mistakes and make sure to work on your mindset so that when things do go wrong and they stuff up, it's totally fine. So we came back to pack down at about 10, 30, 11, and we actually walked in at a perfect time because they were doing a sparkler send off outside of the reception. So there was no one in reception. So we like ran around as quick as we could to grab all the candles and bud vases. They did start walking back in, but if you can time it perfectly where people are out of the space, it's so good. And things happen so much quicker where you can just run around. Otherwise it's like so hard trying to maneuver around everyone. There's like drunk people, people are hugging, people are crying, people are dancing. It's like a whole thing. So If people aren't in there, run in and get it done as quick as you can. But obviously a lot of the time they are still just mingling, saying goodnight, saying goodbye, crying, hugging, all the rest of it. So that wedding was completed. Now we move on to the next one. So I got home and to bed at like 11.30 maybe, maybe like midnight. And then I had to get up at about five in the morning. Yep. So only like five hours sleep and I need at least like eight to ten I'm like a big sleeper. Like I usually go to bed at like 8.30 and wake up at like 6. Like I sleep, I need like a good amount of sleep. So five hours, not ideal, but we we move on. So I actually hadn't created the bouquets, which I'm telling you now, don't do it. Like it was totally fine. And I, but I always say to you guys, make them days before the wedding. As much as you can make before the wedding, do it. Like make the table arrangements, make the bouquets, make, even if you can make things to just move into the space, do it because you do not want to be keeping things to the morning of the wedding. The wedding day should really just be a drop off of things, including like vases and everything. And then just the large scale installs. And that's it. That's what I consider a wedding day to be. So because I had the market run on the Friday, I had the wedding on the Saturday, I hadn't done the bouquets for the Sunday wedding. So Sunday morning, I was like creating all the bouquets at like 6 a.m. I met Liv at the warehouse and she was doing all of the buttonholes and the cake flowers. So this is where having someone extra really came in handy because I would not have been able to do all of that on my own from five. I would have had to get there at like four or earlier. So that was awesome. Got it all done beautifully and then went and delivered them all. And Sunday was the windiest day of my life. (laughs) Let me tell you, I thought Saturday was windy. Sunday was like a freaking hurricane. It was crazy. So we were at Benduli again. So we're at Benduli both days, but a different venue. And at the front, as you've probably all seen a thousand times, there's this circle ring that we usually create an install on. The ring itself was like swinging back and forth. Like it was terrifying. And they also, like I said, secured it up in the air, which means you have to get on a ladder to be able to create it. So we had a ceremony feature, which was basically a ceiling install. Then we had a double ceiling install on the ring inside. And then we had greenery on the tables. And everything actually ran really smoothly. So I actually called the bride 
while I was at the venue doing reception and I just said, hey, like, do you want to move the ceremony inside? Because it's wild out there. And she really wanted it outside. So that was totally fine. Um, We tried to put a tarp down because... We just, they say to put a drop sheet down, obviously, to clean up all the mess. And it was like a parachute. There were couples at the venue doing a site visit for like a wedding next year, walking around and they were like running around getting bricks and pots to put on this tarp because it was just literally like in primary school when you have that parachute and you all, or what's it called? It's like this big yeah, parachute. And you all stand in a circle and you like lift it up and you run in the middle and then you run out. Did anyone do that? Or was it just me? Did I make that up? I think I did that in primary school. Sounds very familiar. Anyway, that's what it was like. It was like flying everywhere, flipping up in the air. So I said, let's ditch that. We're not using the parachute. (laughs) We're just going to move that inside. So while Liv was up on the ladder, she was actually doing the installs and I was just directing. I love that because sometimes when you're the one that's on the ladder the whole time or you're the one doing the arrangement, you don't actually have time to make intentional choices because you're, you're so in it. It's so much easier to actually stand back and say, move that there or make that shorter or we need something up there. And I just loved it. It was so cool. And it was fun to let Liv do the install so that next time if I say I was sick or I had a double wedding or I had to do something else, I can happily and comfortably say, hey, Liv, can you go and do the ceiling install? So letting your freelancers have a go is the best. I do not have this thing where I'm like, no, you don't get to touch anything until you're with me for a year or until you have five years experience or whatever. I, I'm like, you learn by doing. So you do, and I'm just going to stand back and shuffle things around. And she's incredible. I love her work so much. So that was really cool. And I also got to like, just kind of be a freelancer on my own job for the day, which was really cool. I actually really enjoyed it just because obviously I was so tired from the whole weekend and I knew I had to come back for pack down at 10.30 as well and I was already absolutely buggered. So yeah, it was really nice and just being able to direct and answer questions to other people and get things done around doing the actual install loved it. There was also other people doing site visits, like I mentioned, like quite a few couples and a few of them came up to me and were asking questions and things about future weddings there. I gave them my business card and it meant that I could actually interact with them rather than when I'm on the ladder or I'm stuck, you know, doing things. They they don't often come up to me because I'm not the one that's very accessible because I'm so busy. They usually go up to like one of the girls and, and ask them things. And obviously the girls don't know because it's, it's my business. So it's just cool being able to start that relationship and talk them through things while they're there with me. So love that. It was really great. Um, got out of there like two hours earlier than what we thought, which was awesome. And she was really happy with it. Her veil was like flying everywhere. I saw an Instagram story this morning. It was like fully flying everywhere. Um, but you can't help it, you know, it's just those wild winds. So yeah, two weddings, really great. Lots of things learned, um, lots of like kind of mistakes, I guess. Um, peg down your arbors, don't trust maps, (laughs) get help and make sure to really look after yourself. I 
while I was doing all of this, I was trying to focus so much on, you know, drink water, take a break, sit down, go to sleep. Like all of those things is what accumulates and makes me feel like I've been hit by a truck. It's when I don't drink water, when I, and when I'm going all day and I don't sit down, when I don't eat food during the day. Those are the things that when you wake up the next day, you feel like you're hungover. Yes, obviously because of the fatigue and the stress and the pressure, but majority of it is just because you haven't looked after yourself during the day. And I say that by experience because it's me every single time. So I was trying to grab water as much as I could, have snacks on hand with me and just sort of enjoy the process as much as I could rather than being so stressed and flustered and getting everything done. I was kind of just trying to take take it a little bit slower and just get things done at a, at a nice pace rather than stressing to get it done because it's such a different outcome as well. You enjoy it so much more when you can just cruise through it. And it's really funny. You've got the same amount of time, but just a mindset of let's just get this done and enjoy it is so different to, oh my gosh, we need to go. We need to hurry up. We're running out of time. You've got the same time. You're going to get it done. So choosing the mindset of let's have fun with this. Let's enjoy this. Let's let's make things really easy for me to do, do that, choose that. And and like I said, it's a choice. You get to choose how much pressure you put on yourself. Same with the fact that the arbors, the pillars fell over. You get to choose what you make that mean. If you make that mean that you're the worst florist ever and you should like close your business and you suck and the bride's going to yell at you, that you're choosing to make it mean that. So choose it to make it mean that things happen, things go wrong. We can all learn from these mistakes. We can all bring extra pegs and sandbags with us on windy days. I was packing down last night at the venue and I was literally on my hands and knees picking up leaves and petals from the ground that had fell out of the arbor because I just, I love to leave the space absolutely spotless. And the mum came up and she was like, are you Lily? I'm the bride's mum. I just wanted to say like a massive thank you. It was so beautiful. And I didn't know you came back this late and wow. And it was, it was really, really nice after such a hectic three days and no sleep and doing things a lot by myself. It was so, so lovely to get that kind comment at 11 o'clock at night when you're picking up all those stupid leaves from the ground. So that was really, really nice. I really enjoyed that. And the bride from yesterday messaged me this morning as well, saying that she was so, so happy. So, you know, it's all worth it in the end. It, um, it's just a roller coaster. It really is. The other thing that I would recommend is the day after a big weekend or a big wedding, or when you know that you're going to be a little bit fatigued, try to not have anything planned for that day. So for example, today's the Monday. I did all of that yesterday, the day before, the day before that. So today I haven't booked in a crazy amount of calls. I haven't booked in a car service at 7am. I haven't booked in you know, all these crazy things that go on during the day. I haven't booked in anything because I need this day to recover. And that's totally fine. And it's totally normal. I used to kind of shame myself and feel a bit guilty when I needed a day to rest from a crazy weekend. I used to think it was like a little bit stupid. Like it's a Monday, you have to be productive and hustle and everyone's at work. So you need to work, but you've just worked all weekend while everyone else isn't. So 
Let yourself have a day of rest. Try to not plan anything for that day after a big weekend. Even emails and quotes, I'm going to maybe send a few, but I'm going to leave them till tomorrow just because I know that I'm not in the right energy. Like I'm obviously happy and calm and, and everything, but I'm not in the right like high vibe frequency where I'm going to be bringing more opportunities in because I'm tired and that's totally fine, but you need to listen to that. So if I rest today, it means that tomorrow I'm going to feel so refreshed, so ready to go. I'm going to have high vibes, going to go to the gym in the morning and so many things happen when you're in that sort of energy rather than today where we're just chill, we're a bit tired, I'm cuddling my puppy all day and it's just a day of rest. So there you have it, my wild weekend. Things happen to me, guys. Like I used to think, oh, this doesn't happen to any other florist and I'm the only one where things go wrong or, or you know, things don't go to plan or I'm the only one that's absolutely tired and feels like she's been hit by a truck. You're not the only one. Everyone is feeling like that, but, you know, not everyone's going to jump on Instagram and be like, guys, I'm so freaking tired. I can't even feel my eyeballs because they just don't. So I'm going to be here, the one here, the one (laughs) I need to go to bed. I'm going to be the one here telling you that it's normal. I've got you. I'm here with you. So thanks so much for listening to my story of the wild weekend. Make sure to enter the giveaway. It closes tomorrow and I cannot wait to grant any offer of the winner's choosing. 